Dave Filoni needed a crew. The year was 2005, and to his utter surprise, George Lucas hired him to helm the next Star Wars project. Lucas was finishing the prequel trilogy's final film, and as the creator and leader of Star Wars, was ready for a new challenge. He aimed to tell the story that he couldn't fit into his trilogy, the one that occurred between the second and third film, about the war that enlisted a clone army and eventually led to the destruction of the Jedi and the birth of Darth Vader. Lucas wanted to revolutionize the medium of animation, moving the genre from the hand-drawn two-dimensional art of the 20th century to the potentially limitless three-dimensional world of computer-generated imagery. And Lucas wanted to make Star Wars for a new generation and deliver this epic story as an ongoing television series. And newly hired Dave Filoni was tasked with figuring out what that story would be. Filoni was a massive Star Wars fan. He thought about the characters and arcs George had created all the time, and had delved deep into the expanded universe surrounding the films. While working as a director on an animated series for Nickelodeon, his colleagues would often find him in passionate conversations about the world Lucas created. And Filoni almost blew his chance at working for Lucasfilm. When he received the call about meeting with Lucas, Filoni believed it was his Nickelodeon co-workers playing a prank on him. But soon, Filoni found himself at Skywalker Ranch, sitting in front of the Jedi Master himself as Lucas began to teach him about the Force and the elements that form the foundation of Star Wars. When crafting the characters for the Clone Wars, Filoni figured that the main ones highlighted in the films were off the table. So there would be no Anakin Skywalker, no Obi-Wan Kenobi, no Padme Amidala, no Mace Windu. After all, their stories were told in the prequels. So Filoni created a group of five rebels whom he imagined lived during that time. There was a smuggler named Cad, in the vein of Han Solo, with a tall Gungan sidekick named Lunker. The smuggler's mysterious wife was Lupe, bearing a triangular point on either side of her head. A robed Jedi master named Sendak had tail-like Leku draped from his head to his shoulders. And the final character in the group was a child named Ashla. She looked similar to the Jedi Shock T with white patterned markings on her face and two pointed headtails. Filoni finished that first sketch by marking it as Clone Wars Original Cast 2005. He and series writer Henry Gilroy fleshed out their idea and then showed the characters to Lucas. To their surprise, Lucas had fully intended on making Anakin and Obi-Wan and some of the familiar faces from the prequels the focus of the story. But he liked Filoni's conceptual drawings of Ashla and decided that in the series, both Anakin and the audience would discover that she would be his Padawan. Ashla would learn the ways of the Force under Anakin, and in return, Anakin would learn how to lead and how to teach the next generation of Jedi. In an interview with Empire Magazine, Filoni discussed the decision. He said, It was taking Anakin, who is young and brash, and giving him a responsibility. 
he could learn that she could protect and defend herself and be a strong individual. And he didn't have to be so overprotective. We pitted her between Obi-Wan and Anakin. That was something that George had laid out, and then I developed. Soon, Ashla became Ahsoka Tano, and the team set forth to tell the story of the Clone Wars. Without a television channel of his own, Lucas needed to partner with a company to air the series. However, he didn't want to give anyone else creative control over what Lucasfilm produced. He pushed his team to finish the entire first season, so that when he presented it to interested channels, they could not alter the show or Lucas's vision for it. The Cartoon Network had agreed to air the series beginning in October of 2008. But Lucas had an idea that would make the deal even more appealing. He was so happy with the quality of the animation that he felt it should be seen on the big screen. The film was culled from a collection of early episodes, ones that introduced Ahsoka Tano to Anakin and Obi-Wan, and to Star Wars fans everywhere. The film premiered on August 15, 2008, and in the 15 years since its release, The Clone Wars has become a global phenomenon, capturing the excitement of the original Star Wars films, but for a new generation as well. This is the impact of the 2008 film and series on Star Wars fans, in their own joyous and passionate words. This is a collection of the tales behind the clone-themed collectibles. This is a celebration of the 15th anniversary of the Clone Wars. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. film premiered on August 15, 2008. A 22-episode season followed a few months later, beginning on October 3rd. The series ran for five seasons until it was unexpectedly canceled in 2013. A truncated sixth season made its debut on Netflix a year later, as the team used some of the finished arcs that never aired during its television run. Four years later, during a Comic-Con panel celebrating the Clone Wars' 10th anniversary, Dave Filoni shocked fans, revealing that the series would receive the proper and fitting finale it deserved. A 12-episode, 7th season premiered in February of 2020, introducing Clone Force 99, a squad known as the Bad Batch. The season also gave fans a look at what happened to Ahsoka after she left the Jedi Order. And the Clone Wars wrapped with the legendary Siege of Mandalore, 
a showdown between Ahsoka and Maul, and the execution of Order 66, which decimated the Jedi. The legacy of the Clone Wars is a fascinating one. The series was the last Star Wars story led by creator George Lucas before he sold Lucasfilm to Disney in 2012. One of the main arcs in the Clone Wars spotlighted how Anakin had prepared Ahsoka to become a strong and wise warrior in the Force. And mirroring this on-screen journey was Lucas's mentoring of Dave Filoni, preparing him to lead the next phase of storytelling in the galaxy far, far away. At the 15th anniversary Clone Wars panel this year at Celebration London, Filoni publicly praised Lucas's guidance, saying that he wouldn't have been able to cross over into live-action production on shows like The Mandalorian without the lessons he learned making the animated series. The Clone Wars fleshed out many of the characters introduced in the prequels. And in the stories of Captain Rex and the Clone Army, it pondered the importance of identity and in the value of a life. The series showed us how a force as evil as Palpatine was able to work behind the scenes and to manipulate the Senate and the Jedi Council into doing his will, as he constructed his empire. It showed us the complexities and hardships of war, on both sides of the battle as well as on the communities caught in the crossfire. It found a way to resurrect Darth Maul. It introduced the magic of the Witches of Dathomir, and it gave us Bo-Katan and the Darksaber. It showed us how Boba Fett became a bounty hunter, and gave us a fresh take on the balance of the Force with the Mortis Arc. And the Clone Wars continued its narrative through the animated follow-up Star Wars Rebels and in live-action shows like The Mandalorian. And now, we are on the brink of another Clone Wars-inspired story with Dave Filoni's Ahsoka series. In many ways, The Clone Wars has become the foundation for many of the Star Wars tales being told in this current era. And to celebrate the 15th anniversary of The Clone Wars and its enduring legacy, I asked Star Wars fans and collectors to share their memories associated with the film, the series, and the memorabilia. Their stories are the essence that has made Star Wars so meaningful for so many decades. The memories they share are ones of true joy, of anticipation and excitement, and of moments often shared with family and friends. And the ones around the toys and collectibles capture the same excitement of the Kenner releases of the 1970s and 80s and the Hasbro figures of the prequels at the turn of the century. And I'm sure if the lovable space pirate Hondo Anaka were here with us, he'd say, Oh, the stories I could tell. So many of them true. But fortunately, we're in good company today, with a great group of friends. And I can promise you, all of their stories are true. So let's join them as they reflect on 15 years of the Clone Wars. Hi, this is Eric Janicki, and this is my quick little Clone War story. So to set this up, I am f- almost 52, and I have two sons born in 1999 and 2001. Um, and 
so when the the first Clone Wars animated series came out by Tarnovkovsky, um, I really loved that, and I got into that big time. Um, just thought it was the coolest thing. But my kids were when it first aired, were a little too young. But as they grew older, I showed them the DVDs, and they also just fell in love with you know that version of the Clone Wars uh, animated series. So then, uh, you know, fast forward when you know we found out that Dave Filoni was working on an animated series to come out, I guess in two thousand eight. Um, the kids were super excited, um, and they just couldn't wait to see it. And so. A year before, I went to Star Wars Celebration 4 in L.A. in 2007, and I was there with my good friend Andy Loney, who sets up as a vendor there. So we, we get to go in, and during vendor setup, you know, the show's not open yet, um, and sometimes some of the, 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 the guests and stars that are there are walking around, kind of checking out the show before all the crowds come. So sure enough, Dave Filoni's walking by you know, he's there with a friend and they're just kind of strolling through and they kind of stop near Andy's booth and just start talking along the wall right by Andy's booth. And I'm like, man, here's my opportunity to you know introduce myself. And in my backpack, I had the, a notepad from our hotel we were staying on. And I was like, I wonder if he'd sign this for my kids. You know, I'd t- take a tear sheet off and sign it. It was like a four by six inch sheet. So it was like the size of two sketch cards put together. So I was like, Maybe he'll even sketch something for me. If he, you know, he looked like he wasn't in a hurry to go anywhere, so I took the chance and introduced myself to Dave Filoni. And I was like, "Hey, I have two, you know, young sons at home that are really looking forward to the Clone Wars animated series you're doing. You know, would you mind signing something for them? And if you had the time, would you mind doing a little sketch?" And he was more than gracious with his time, and he was like, "Sure, I'd love to." So he sat there with a pen and sketched out a clone trooper and I had a Sharpie and he did these highlights with the Sharpie. Um, so it's a really cool looking sketch and he signed it to Paul and Lucas autographed it. And then he wrote, enjoy the show. And of course I, I took a couple pictures of him doing it and then him holding up the, the final result. This way had proof that to show them that, you know, the creator of, you know, this new clone war series, you know, just drew this sketch personally for them so when I got home, I printed out the picture and the sketch, and I had the sketch, and I put it in a frame, and the kids just loved it. It was It's literally one of my most prized collectibles in my collection, or in their collection right now. Um, and we just hung it on the wall uh, in between their two bedrooms, and it's been there ever since. Um, so that was just a really cool memory, meeting Dave Filoni and having him doing a sketch for my sons. And then uh, I guess fast forward a year or so later, um, when the show actually comes out and there's toys out, um, yeah, I went and bought some of the figures and uh, a Lego set of one of the clone walkers, and the kids put together the Lego set, and I was like, hey guys, we need to write Dave Filoni a thank you note. Um, so they each made a thank you card, they drew a thank you card to Dave Filoni, uh, Lucas drew Plukun, and then Paul drew Ahsoka on the cover, um, and then wrote him a message, and they posed with the sketch, you know, in the picture in front of the, the Lego set, and um, we sent the cards and the pictures uh, to uh, my friend Pete Vilmer, who works at Lucasfilm, and I said, Pete, do you think you can 
personally put this on Dave Filoni's desk just to make sure he gets this. Um, so I sent them to Pete. Pete put him on his desk, and I haven't heard anything from Dave Filoni since. But I'm assuming he 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 got the cards from my kids, um, the personal thank you notes they wrote, and that put a smile on his face. Um, and then you know the show comes out. Um, the kids just absolutely loved it. Um, you know, for the next several years, they watched it. And um, the cool thing is, you know, this is a Star Wars show that they own, that they have, that it was theirs. It wasn't dad shoving it down their throat, you know, the original trilogy or anything like that. They found the animated series um, themselves, you know, and grew to love it. And, you know, to this day, they still love it. My one son, Paul, I mean, he's probably seen the entire series probably six or seven times. He just has it on a constant loop. It seems like whenever I would go up to his room when he was just doing other things, he would just have it on in the background as a background noise. Um, he's seen it so many times and they love it. And they keep telling me that I'm underselling it, that I need to watch it more. It's some of the best storytelling and it's the coolest characters. So I, it just brings me joy to know that they found their own piece of Star Wars that they love without me shoving it down their throat. Um, and it was just, you know, just to know that from the start, um, you know, going all the way back to meet Dave Filoni and to, to now, all these years later, that they still love it. Um, so it's just a cool memory for me. And, um, and yeah, that's my story. Thanks. Hello, Clone Wars fans. This is David White. Clone Wars and Dave Filoni really made an impact on my life. It's the Clone Wars... Uh, were something that I shared with my two sons, Charlie and Andrew. Charlie and I went to go see the movie and uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, both of my sons and I watched all the seasons of The Clone Wars, all of the adventures, the uh, exciting and the silly, and really enjoyed it. Hello, I'm David Tree from the UK. Star Wars fan. Uh, Star Wars addict, I guess. Crikey. Anyways, I'm here to talk to you about some Clone Wars memories. And I've got so many, but I've like distilled it down to just a couple. Um, going right back, my first Clone Wars like fond memory is actually the very first Celebration Europe in 2007. Now, it was an incredibly stressful show for me. I was actually running an exhibit for the show, uh, the Palatoy Archive, which was a huge monumental undertaking. It was absolutely bonkers. But word got around that the very first Clone Wars teaser trailer was playing at the show. Uh, but I was almost anchored to uh, the exhibit throughout the entire show, uh, having to uh, really uh, uh, man it and everything like that. And then like an opportunity came up and uh, my partner, Chloe and I uh, were said, like, no, you got to go see it. You got to go check because everybody had seen, seen it. And uh, th th this was like one of the last sort of like uh, uh, previews of the day. And, and Steve Sansweet was there to uh, introduce it. Um, so I managed to get up there and it was in a small room uh, with like a projector screen. And uh, I remember it just playing and I was almost kind of like sort of, sort of semi dumbstruck because 
I was always a huge fan of Star Wars animation um, in uh, with like uh, uh, droids and Ewoks. Huge, huge fan of those productions, and also within uh, video games as well. And it always perplexed me that like you know animation hadn't sort of like been taken on any further with you know, with respect to like Star Wars properties, particularly. Um, we were like Star Wars was concerned. You had like the 2D Clone Wars uh, cartoon that came out and it was never really fully explored beyond that. And it was like, this is an incredible opportunity. So then seeing this trailer, I was just literally dumbstruck. And I just remember Steve Sansby saying, you know, because everybody was kind of almost like, like, wow. And I just remember him saying, well, let's just play that again, shall we? Because I think everybody was having a real sort of like difficult time, like processing it because it was almost like your dreams had come true that something other than a movie was like, you know, uh, being put together there. Um, So that was, you know, for for me, in terms of like episodes, that was absolutely just like stand out. And if if you kind of almost book in and that with the actual final season itself, and how, against all odds, when the Disney takeover happened, there was like the cancellation of Clone Wars, for it to then have uh, the opportunity to like wrap itself up in such a way that just was far more advanced than its original. Um, uh, writing and, and story making there that that final season was just incredible and 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 for me like the the Kevin Kiner uh, soundtrack as well bringing in elements of like Vangelis and Brian Eno in, into that like very very different compared to the soundtrack at the early series which was almost like very uh, at a different age uh, demographic to where it ended up so it was almost like that whole era of Clone Wars, which is a generation of Star Wars in itself, has, had, had grown up with its audience and, and finished in such a way that it, it was still telling the same story to the very first people that saw it, but it had grown up with them uh, throughout those years as well. Absolutely incredible. David, it's Sam Sams in West Virginia. Um, wanting to share a Clone Wars memory. Um, when I saw the the movie release in uh, 2008, it was kind of unexpected. I had gone uh, out to lunch uh, at work, you know, from work. Um, you know, it must have been a Friday would be my assumption. I don't remember the exact day, but. Um, Went out to lunch, and I, I decided to run to the local mall to the food court, which also happens to be where the movie theaters are. And I didn't even know that the movie was coming out. I didn't know anything about an, an animated series. I didn't know that there would be any more Star Wars after Revenge of the Sith. Um, but when I was walking into the food court and I saw the movie posters, I remember being like, what on earth is this? This says Star Wars, and, you know... It's called the Clone Wars, and you know I've got to see this. And um, needless to say, I didn't make it back to work uh, that afternoon. I uh, called in and said I had a belly ache or whatever it was, and uh, I went to the movies in the afternoon and, and saw the film instead. And um, my my mem- my first impressions of it, 
I remember I, I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Um, but I remember it was just a little jarring, like with the with the different play on the on the theme music, and the Tom Kane um, uh, real distinct voice with with you know the introduction. But uh, I really liked watching you know in learning about the clones, and then of course Ahsoka's introduction uh, was a real shock to me. I you know at at that point I had no idea you know Anakin Skywalker ever had a Padawan. Um, and, you know, it just, it just, I, I, um, enjoyed it. And, and I guess for lack of a better way of putting, fell in love with the Clone Wars, uh, right from the start. Um, and then it's also special for me in that the Clone Wars era of, you know, the, you know, the 2000 teens, I guess, you know, 2008, 2012, whatever it was, um, that's sort of my son's Star Wars. So he, you know, I, I watched the Clone Wars because he was very young and, you know, he loved animation and cartoons. And that was, you know, I could share that with him. And so I really got to watch the Clone Wars through, you know, a six-year-old's point of view and watched him enjoy them. And it was him watching the Clone Wars that got him interested in watching some of the movies later. Um, you know, now he's... Uh, a teenager going to be a freshman in high school and uh, Star Wars isn't cool to him anymore but I'm I'm confident and and hopeful that that uh, in the not too distant future Star Wars will be cool again and we can start sharing that again but but it's so the Clone Wars holds a special place in my heart because um, it was my it's my son's Star Wars era and uh, you know I, I love being able to share that um, with him and you know, look forward to any any time there's a Tales of the Jedi or anything Clone Wars related. Um, I just can't wait to see it. So um, hopefully that's uh, what the kind of thing you were looking for, and I appreciate you inviting me on, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Hi, this is Joe O'Neill from the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club. I just wanted to share my experience with Star Wars The Clone Wars, which when it started in 2008, I was a little hesitant to jump on board because the Gendy Tartakovsky micro-series from uh, 2002, 2003, that was such a well-done series. The animation was so good that I remember seeing the computer animation and just thinking it looked like weird puppets, like the Thunderbirds. Wasn't that an old old show? Um, and so it took me a while to get into it, but it, by season two, I guess not that long, but season two started to come out. The um, the new line of figures started to come out with what do they call it? The dark sky, dark sky packaging, and I just felt like the sculpting got better, the articulation got better on those figures. Um, I started watching more episodes, and I was hooked from there on. Um, and it was just such a great show. And my favorite character, the clones, the uh, D. Bradley Baker does such a great job of injecting what seemingly is unique personalities and all these similar characters. But uh, I don't know. I felt there was strong differentiation between a lot of them. Um, so it just made a great experience. And then when you factor in kind of the stop-start nature of the show, I guess just when season one through five came out and then season six, the Lost Missions came out, even though it was like really only a year later, 
it to me it just it felt like a break in the series like there was this emotional break in the series and then several years later the uh the last season came out on disney plus so it was like i grew as a person at the same time these characters are growing so it was just an interesting experience to kind of go on this journey together but uh great show Happy 15 years to Star Wars Clone Wars, and uh, can't wait for more. Hi, this is Daniel Uthman. I want to share some thoughts about Clone Wars. In sum, I love it, (laughs) but let me tell you why. Um, The Clone Wars gives you a look at Anakin Skywalker that I find way more likable than the prequel Anakin Skywalker. Hayden Christensen's great, but the character itself was a little tough to take at times. In the Clone Wars, he just comes across as a fuller character. There's obvious reasons why. You get seven seasons of him, plus a movie. Um, Ahsoka, a character that I found hard to take in the beginning, who ended up being one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all. Every time she's in a conflict, I'm confident she's going to win out, but I really hope she is. Like, she's like one of the most powerful forces in the history of Star Wars, and I'm totally here for it. I don't know how it's going to play out in live action, but I'm telling you, like, she is amazing. Um, She's super powerful. You know, I'll take her against anybody, even Darth Vader, and we saw that play out, those two characters in in particular, uh, were totally amazing. But Clone Wars also is such a rich, rich tapestry of so many other characters. Um, Also, the fact that you really get really well-told looks at what is going to come. Like, we know uh, where this fits in the middle of all the canon. It's kind of in the middle, right? Becoming more so in the middle, because more stuff from before is coming. But... Um, the Deceptions miniseries portion of it, um, the Mortis miniseries portion of it, these things are just much wa- must-watch things in my mind. Um, they hint at um, what is to come for Anakin uh, that's kind of beyond his reach in some ways, and other ways with Deception, you really start seeing, okay, this is when he really felt betrayed by Obi-Wan. It didn't really, you know, materialize in full until Revenge of the Sith. Um, and then season seven of Clone Wars. But you really get a great look at really well-told subsets of the storyline um, that are just really high quality. And then the other thing, too, this is the other thing that I just love about Clone Wars. It is about 10 times more minutes of content than you get with the prequels, okay? I counted it up. It's 3,454 minutes of runtime. That's amazing if you include the movie with it, right? 3,355 minutes without the movie. But anyway, I'm not trying to like get on a soapbox here, but... If you have not watched Clone Wars, it is worth your time. There will be some episodes that you consider duds or immaterial. 
But in everyone, there's something that you're going to identify with, right? Especially the way the canon has expanded um, in the whole Disney Plus era. Um, can't recommend it enough. Uh, thank you for your time, and uh, go Clone Wars. Hey everybody, Chris Letty here from Six Scale Scavengers, as well as Collecting Tracks on the Fanta Tracks podcast network. Wanted to chime in on my fondest Clone Wars memory, and I know I've shared this before on David's podcast, but it's clearly my number one uh, memory experience uh, related to Clone Wars. Um, that would be at Celebration Chicago in 2019 at the Clone Wars Season 7 panel. I have to say that that is by far the most incredible experience I've had with other Star Wars uh, fans seeing all things Clone Wars season seven up on the big screen, getting to see all the actors and on stage and then to see the, the trailer uh, was just incredible. And the best part was that I got to share it with David and our buddy, Justin Rowland. So that was quite fun and then afterwards hunting down the ahsoka uh, po uh teaser posters afterwards um just a great experience and to tie that into when the season actually dropped uh was the fact that i got to watch that final arc of season seven which is right up there as one of my top Star Wars um, pieces of content to share that with my daughters to see them watch Ahsoka and all of her uh, struggles and triumphs and everything that she was challenged with uh, was just an awesome experience and I mean that's really where it stands, Clone Wars, Season 7, and that final arc, and everything attached to it. Thanks so much, David. Hi, this is F.J. DeRobertis. Um, thinking about Clone Wars, I can't even begin to believe that it's the 15th anniversary. It's really hard to believe. Um, I've been following Clone Wars really since the beginning, back in 2008. I started watching it with my nephew, and it was a great way for us to really connect on Star Wars. Um, he had kind of seen some of the movies, but he fell in love with Clone Wars, and I fell in love with it through him, which was just you know really an awesome experience. Um, obviously, uh, I will not come to <laughs> anyone's shock who might know me listening to this that the character that, that resonates the most with me, of course, is Ahsoka. It's just a character that um, I didn't necessarily fall in love with right away. I was kind of just like everyone else who thought she was kind of annoying in the beginning. Uh, but she grew on me pretty quickly. Um, and just to see her grow along with my nephew <laughs> watching it. Um, so it's it's really um, 
kind of been special to have that connection with him. And with Ahsoka, just everywhere where this character is going, it's just extremely exciting. Um, getting to meet Ashley at Celebration back in Anaheim was also an incredible experience. Um, met her a couple times there. Did a photo op with her um, that I almost didn't do, but my, my friend Tom said, you have to, you must do a photo op. Uh, and I did that, and it was pretty cool. And I was wearing some of the clothes from her clothing line, her universe, and she noticed that and said that she loved my outfit. Um, and then I did an autograph session with her where I gave her some of my Ahsoka swag. And um, I gave her a whole bunch of it, actually. And I asked if, you know, maybe she wanted to hand it out to some of her fans. And she like was astonished um, and really, you know, asked me if it would be okay if she handed it out to a bunch of kids because she was going to be doing some kind of Jedi Academy thing. And I told her that, yeah, actually, that would be great. It would mean a lot to me because I'm a teacher. And and then she lit up because uh, her mother was a teacher and then her husband sitting right next to her. His parents were teachers. And we had a really cool conversation um, besides just the amazing autograph. And as I was walking away after I thanked her, she yelled out, wait a minute. And I turned around and she asked, hey, how did our picture come out from before? <laughs> and I said, it came out awesome. So, um, yeah, that was pretty much, you know, <laughs> a pinnacle moment. Um, and it all kind of just encompasses this love that I have for Clone Wars. And my nephew now, who's 21, uh, he's been rewatching it and we've been having lots of conversations about it, uh, getting ready for Ahsoka. So, um, yeah, really uh, special times. And just want to give a big happy 15th anniversary to, to Clone Wars. Thanks. Are you enjoying this trip down memory lane so far? In addition to sharing a memory of the Clone Wars, I've asked our friends to talk about their experiences with the toys and collectibles from that time period. So let's rejoin them for a look at the memorabilia, the prototypes, figures, and everything else from the Clone Wars. Hello Clone Wars fans, this is David White. Another memory is the toys, of course. It was great as a, a child of the 70s and 80s who had collected the Kenner Star Wars toys. It was great to, you know, go out hunting with my own sons, you know, looking for their favorite characters, Captain Rex and so forth. I remember one time we went into a TJ Maxx and they just had a stack of those Clone Wars yellow Y-Wing fighters for 20 bucks each. I think we bought like four or five of them. We built like a hangar. It was awesome. Last memory I'll share with you is a buddy of mine here in Wisconsin. His name is Chad Peak. Uh, he goes by the handle Peak Obi-Wan. He's a customizer, and he's an amazing artist. He's made a lot of the characters that Hasbro never produced, for the Clone Wars, and it was always a great thrill to go up and visit his collection up in the Madison area, and to even participate, you know, making some stuff, and uh, I brought some things home. So those are my memories from the Clone Wars. Take care. Hey, David. Chris Letty here. Wanted to share a 
Clone Wars toy-related memory. For me, I didn't get into Clone Wars action figure or toy collecting until quite late. Uh, It wasn't really until late 2015, early 2016, when I got into Clone Wars and the figures. And in 2015, I had picked up a bunch of Clone Wars collections from kids that had grown up during that era. And in them, there were lots of this female, alien, Jedi, whatever she was. And I was like, man, she looks familiar. What was she from? And then I remembered the Clone Wars movie, having watched that. But I never watched Clone Wars during its run. So when I realized who that was, it was Ahsoka Tano, I was doing research on the figures that I had gotten in these collections. And I was like, you know what? Clone Wars is on Netflix. I'm going to, I'm going to start watching it. And so I started watching it just right from the beginning, no special order or anything like that. And I really, really started to get into this character and what she was all about. You know, once she got it, into the later seasons, um, you see everything she's gone through. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm really connecting with this character. I think I want to start collecting her figures. So I started buying all her different variations that she had. And, you know, as a collector, we just want everything. So I was buying up Ahsoka collections. I was buying up carded variants and so on. And then in 2017, I was chatting with some buddies and they were like, hey, you should get into some modern prototypes. Maybe see what's out there for Ahsoka. You, you never know. And, um, you know, I can thank Stephen Ward, Justin Rowland, Anthony Pagano, Brandon Weiss, a number of other collectors along the way that advised me and helped me to find these pieces. And they said, you just got to jump in. You got to, you got to do it. So sure enough on eBay, I found a painted hard copy of Ahsoka Tano in her spacesuit, And I had messaged the seller and I said, Hey, do you have any more Ahsoka related things. She said, yes, I do. I'm going to relist a couple more hard copies. And she gave me the heads up and sure enough, she posted them and I was able to snatch those up and it was Ahsoka in her scuba gear. And it was my favorite Ahsoka figure, CW 44, her, um, outfit change in season three. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is the most I've ever spent on anything star Wars related. And I just like, I don't know if these are legit. Everybody kept saying, you know, just have faith, just trust. And when they showed up, 
I unpacked them and I just, I've never had a feeling like I had never had a feeling up to that point. Um, you know, unboxing something and seeing these painted hard copies, one true one of ones in, you know, just, um, absolute centerpieces for a collection, um, to see those in person and to have trusted my friends and gone with my gut. Um, I'll just, I'll never forget that, that memory of getting to that point in my collecting uh, journey, um, to take a leap of faith, get into something I wasn't quite sure I was, you know, of, and now, you know, top three pieces in my entire collection, just, um, you know, so thankful to all those collectors along the way that helped me curate my, uh, Ahsoka prototype collection thus far. And, um, you know, hopefully that journey isn't over. Hopefully there's, uh, some other items out there to, to hunt down, but, uh, yeah, hope that's good for you, David. I know it's right in, right in line with, uh, your, the theme of your podcast. So thanks so much for having me. Take care. Hey, FJD Robertus here. Um, so when thinking about a collectible story for the Clone Wars, kind of looking around my collection room, which was always very much predominantly um, vintage Star Wars, and there now is a huge representation of, of Clone Wars. And of course, obviously, my, my love and passion for the character of Ahsoka, but there's lots of other things tucked in as well. So when I'm trying to think about piece maybe that that resonates with me the most when I'm thinking about this 15th anniversary of Clone Wars um it's kind of twofold I'm looking at my Black Series prototype right now which kind of to me is almost like a trophy piece definitely a grail and her prototype pieces are very hard to come by now and I got it a couple years ago and um and the reason that I think that makes it even more special is because it really connects to another really important part of my life and my friendships, and that's a group called the Ahsokaholics. And if it weren't for the Ahsokaholics, who I'm going to call them out, <laughs> uh, that includes Chris Letty, Fonz Napolitano, Clifton Boggs, Will Russ, myself, and of course, you, David. <laughs> uh, if it weren't for them, I wouldn't have that piece, and I wouldn't have probably many of the pieces that are in my collection. Um, just a group of friends that came together over the love of a character, from the Clone Wars, um, and we really developed some really strong, deep friendships because of it. And uh, they have all guided me in my collection um, and helped me to perfect it in ways that I never imagined. So when I think about a Clone Wars collectible, I, I think about the friendships that I have because of Clone Wars. I mean, I have lots of friendships because of vintage Star Wars, and I have some really deep friendships now because of Clone Wars and the character of Ahsoka. So, yeah, I mentioned that I'm looking at my trophy piece of, of my <laughs> prototype, but I think my biggest collection of all is definitely my Ahsokaholics, my, my buddies. So um, that's what I wanted to share. Thanks so much. 
Hi, this is Daniel Uthman. I want to share um, my experience with Clone Wars toys. Um, I was never a big vehicle person. I wasn't a big Lego um, Clone Wars person either. But what I was was um, a frequenter of the toy aisles at Fred Meyer um, in that kind of 2008, 2012 era um, because there were Clone Wars figures on the pegs constantly. Anyone who lives in the Pacific Northwest knows like that is a distant memory because now the Star Wars pegs um, in Fred Meyer stores like barely exist. Um, but at the time... You know, the Dark Skies card backs, the Darth Maul card backs. I don't even know if that has a proper name. But anyway, those code bar card backs in particular are ones I remember being very frequent and very extensive and wave after wave showing up. And the best part was, like, retail on those was $7.99 to $9.99. And Fred Meyer seemed to always have them for, like, $5.99 or $6.99. You could really, like get a wide variety without paying out the nose. It's so different from today. So that was a very positive memory. I remember Savage Oppress, Cad Bane, lots of different clone troopers, the Arf Trooper with the, I think they call it a chain gun. It looks like a Gatling gun. Um, you know, the, I cannot remember the name of the trooper that essentially had like the hoverboard, but that was a really cool one as well. Um, I didn't, you know, I, I remember having a desk at my old job. Um, I didn't really flaunt this, but there was like a cabinet just to my right that closed. And so every day I would open the cabinet and there was like Obi-Wan Kenobi with a little bit of armor on and then like a clone trooper squad. Um, so that was really um, where my focus was uh, with Clone Wars uh, toys really on those figures but I you know kept them um pretty close and and was happy to display them but the interesting thing is I don't have any of them anymore and the reason is because at the time I was also uh, working on a master's degree and my thesis advisor had a son who was like elementary school age and his son really really Suddenly, I don't know whether it was like third or fourth or fifth grade. It was one of those grades. His son one day decided that he was really into Star Wars um, and uh, wanted the toys. But obviously, like when you're that age, if mom and dad don't buy them for you, you're not going to get them. So one day I was sort of like feeling really indebted to my advisor um, and I decided that uh, I was going to take all of my Clone Wars figures including a, cart, a carded Commander Cody. Um, I think there was some vintage collection in there too. And um, put them in a bag and give them all to his son. And that's what I did. I got rid of like 40 um, carded figures. I think a few of them were open. There's probably like maybe seven or eight that were actually open. But these were all carded Clone Wars, you know, whether the Dark Skies card back or the Darth Maul card back or vintage collection. I gave them all away in one fell swoop. So um, I don't regret it. I think it was a nice thing to do. I felt like um, my advisor was going above and beyond and I wanted to do something nice for his family. It just randomly ended up being um, giving his son like an instant Clone Wars action figure collection.
I'm David Tree. My second memory relates to uh, collecting Clone Wars. And uh, when that was launched over here in the UK, uh, Toys R Us did a Midnight Madness launch for it. And I remember going over to that. It was uh, uh, Southampton, which is about 30 minutes away from here on the south coast of the UK. Queued up, about 10 or so other people queuing up to get inside. And going in, uh, seeing that promotional display as you walk in, you turn right, and they had that uh, wall space there that they would use for like product launches. It was all this incredible stark white packaging. And I was having difficulty trying to sort of work out uh my feelings towards it because aesthetically the, these these figures were very very different to to everything else uh and i remember like checking it out and, and i bought a captain rex figure and i also bought uh the a-wing uh which had the new new uh, sort of updated pilot uh that uh, previously been available was taiko selshu but like um uh it had a new helmet and I was a sucker for that figure anyway, and and see that there was like a, a, a new version with a new helmet. I was like, oh, I've got to get that. Uh, so I bought uh, Captain Rex, which I then had at my desk for my uh, then employer, uh, and was always like sort of uh, fiddling about with it. Uh, but I didn't go too crazy uh, into the Clone Wars stuff as a a collector until I then opened up all the cool stuff as a retail store in 2009. And at that point we'd, uh, moved out of the legacy collection and, uh, we were into, uh, different, um, you had the start of like the vintage collection. Um, but, uh, we we're at the tail end. Well, it was, I suppose it was still called legacy, but they changed the packaging, but like Clone Wars just literally went into overdrive at this point and we're producing so much stuff and then none of it never really came over to the uk i was i was getting it all um uh, ordered directly over from from the united states so um during this era uh hasbro were producing so much for movie tie-ins uh particularly with like revenge of the fallen for transformers you had rise of cobra for gi joe um and it was almost like the uh, uh, Iron Man as well. Uh, uh, so uh, Iron Man Two, um, it was almost kind of like the almost the golden era of of movie toy tie-ins. Uh, of, of like, if there's a movie release, we're gonna absolutely support this. Like. As, as as best as we can and and a golden year of golden years of like action figures uh at retail and clone wars was no exception to that because even though you had like the 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 the, the movie release you had it being supported where it was on um a, a cartoon network or disney xd or whatever it was um but they were like literally pumping so much product out in addition to the regular action figure lines as well um and some of these characters i, I was almost like every sort of six weeks there'd be like a whole new wave of stuff coming in and it would be quite well done back then in terms of the packing assortments where the new you had the new figures and then you had the new figures uh, sorry the figures from the previous way normally repacked in as well so it, in, in terms of distribution it was quite well handled back then um so if you sold out of something it was never 
uh, like letting anybody down because you could say that, that well they're probably going to be repacked on the next wave in about six weeks time and it was bonkers literally crazy amounts of things that would come in in um and i never bought any of it <laughs> I, li- I i had a v- uh, i lived vicariously through like these collections by literally selling them uh, and having them on pegs and, and i've got some pictures uh on the all the cool stuff um a photo album uh you know for like new releases that i would take periodically and people see them see these pictures and see all like stuff that was being made available back then like oh my gosh you know the the you know we we were massively spoiled you know hugely spoiled back then uh and, and and took it all for granted uh and if anything we were moaning about like oh it's like too much stuff or oh there's too much you know not enough distribution and things like that yeah but like Hasbro absolutely went to town on the Clone Wars line. Um, And I think to go back and try and collect all that stuff now is a real tough challenge, like real tough challenge uh, for anybody who wants to like get back into uh, getting all that stuff. But equally, I'm surprised that Hasbro haven't, uh you know the 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 the, they're not ones to miss out on a quick buck and they've never really gone back into doing those lines you know considering that you've had um disney plus you know redo uh re-release uh like the last season and and things like uh tales of the last jedi and things like that they've never never really sort of gone back for that uh animated aesthetic as such for for a new line lego has uh you know that they they are very much switched on uh as as i look uh, as I'm talking to you now, uh, I am sold out of the Ahsoka clone packs that uh, have um, only come out only literally a couple of weeks ago uh, or about a week ago, and I'm sold out and waiting for restocks of those. You know, they're, they're, they're very much on it. Um, but Hasbro, not so much. Uh, but when I look back to those years, Hasbro were at, you couldn't fault them. You say whatever you want. Those years, those Clone Wars years of of uh, sort of two thousand and nine, well, two thousand and seven to about two thousand and thirteen, two thousand and fourteen, thereabouts, absolutely bonkers. And if only I'd kept a case of everything. <laughs> oh well, Celebi, that's what makes this whole thing cool. Anyway, David, thank you for the invite. You're an awesome guy. Keep up the great work. And I hope everybody enjoys the rest of the day. Hey David, it's Sam in West Virginia. Uh, just sharing a, a little bit of a, a perspective on Clone Wars collectibles. Um, probably, you know, I, I like a lot of people that like the Clone Wars. I'm a, a Ahsoka Tano focused collector, and I've really uh, dove headfirst into collecting, you know, all of the action figures and 
and um, other other items that came out for the Clone Wars and um, main, the main reason I started that um, was Ahsoka was actually um, my son's first action figure. Um, I remember we were at a Magic Mart in Beckley, West Virginia. He was crying and squealing because he didn't want to be in there. He was probably two years old and uh, I took him down the toy aisle and let him pick out a toy and um, that's what he picked out. And, uh, you know, we still have that action figure today. In fact, he's played with it so much um, that it, it lost a leg. <laughs> so I believe it's, it's from, the, from the knee down on the right leg, she's, she's got no leg anymore. But that, that's a, a toy that hopefully he'll have forever. I've got it uh, sitting uh, on his shelf in his bedroom so he can uh, see it, remember it. And, and he does. He remembers playing with it, I think. Um, that figure went everywhere with him for a while, but um, so that's sort of a, a, an action figure memory. And then, kind of bringing it all the way to, to current day, um, I've sort of completed. You know, there's not a whole lot of, of action figures um, of, of Ahsoka to, to collect. I mean, there's you know ten or twelve, but those are fairly easy to obtain. But I've recently recently gotten into um, trading cards. And there was a uh, set of 2008 Tops Clone Wars cards that came out, you know, to help promote the movie. Uh, there's generally a set of cards for every um, property that comes out, every show, every movie. And uh, 2008 Clone Wars was no exception. So in that 2008 Clone Wars set is, of course, Ahsoka's quote-unquote rookie card. Um, and I was recently able to obtain the uh, foil parallel from that set. Um, so I have her rookie card um, that is uh, in a foil background, and it um, there it's limited. They only made 205 of this card and randomly inserted it into packs. And there's currently only six of those 205 cards graded. So I was able to obtain one of those. Um, it's probably... One of the more, more, um, I guess, valuable uh, pieces in my collection uh, overall. Um, but it was something that, as I dove into the to the collection and to the collectibles, that I I just found myself drawn to, and that I that I I feel like I'm kind of. Um, it's something that a, that a lot of collectors don't have or probably don't even know exist. But but when you know, as an Ahsoka fan, when you see it, um, you're automatically drawn to it. So I'm very proud to have been able to get one of those recently, and um, so that's part of the collection. Along with um, probably my other favorite item in my collection of Clone Wars um, memorabilia is I've got an unopened graded CAS-90 Ahsoka Starfighter, um, which those are very hard to get. And um, I went ahead and the, the one that I found was, was from a friend who knew I was a, a collector and he was thinning out his collection and he was nice enough to, to, um, to sell me the, the Ahsoka Starfighter and it was in such nice condition. I, I got it graded and, and couldn't be more pleased with, with how it, it presents. And it's got a very prominent... Um, Position along, uh, you know, along my Ahsoka shelving uh, in my collection room. So, 
Um, looking forward to hearing everyone else's perspective on the Clone Wars and, and what they love about it. And uh, appreciate you inviting me on and uh, hope you're well. And we'll talk to everybody soon. Hi, this is Eric Janicki, and just want to tell you a couple stories about some Clone Wars collectibles that uh, are near and dear to my heart. So one area of collecting I focus on is uh, items from like casting crew and employee screenings or charity screenings or premiere screenings. Um, so I have a couple items from the August 9th in Lucasfilm employee picnic screening Um in 2008, so the, you know, there's a badge that someone would wear and get them into the luncheon. And at the luncheon, there was this silver lunchbox with a cool sticker on it that had you know graphics from the the movie, uh, Clone Wars movie. Um, and there's actually a vegetarian version of that lunchbox that Ross Cuddy uh, informed me about. So if I, I still need that in my collection. So if anyone out there has the vegetarian version of the Clone Wars lunchbox, let me know. And then I have a press pass uh, from a, another one of the premiere screenings. And then a fellow DC Star Wars Collecting Club member, Jonathan McElwain, knows how much me and my sons like the Clone Wars. And he had one of those cool metal ammo boxes that were painted white with a clone trooper uh, helmet stenciled on it. And it came with a salacious crumb, like bomber style patch. Um, inside, and that was a gift given to uh, folks at a Lucasfilm after party at San Diego Comic Con in 2008. So that's a kind of cool, you know, item that um, doesn't show up too often. But one of my favorite stories, um, and it's a, it's about a the like 11 by 17 promo poster that came out. In, uh, in L.A. in 2007 at Celebration 4 for the Clone Wars, for the upcoming Clone Wars uh, movie. And I had a couple extra posters, and a couple years ago, I was at a uh, collector's social event in New York, and we were all at the hotel doing lobby sales in the hotel lobby. So I had a couple extra posters there, and as soon as I put them out, two people like made a beeline towards me and were interested in what I was selling them for. And, you know, I, I know I, I didn't realize how much in demand these posters had become since, you know, they were just given out free at Celebration. And there was, you know, probably a good amount of them. Um, but, you know, here now, just a couple of years ago, um, I'm trying to sell it at room sales. And the one collector looked very nervous. He, he thought maybe the other collector was going to buy both of them and he was going to miss out. And he kind of had this fear in his eyes. But I said, no, no, guys, you each can have one. And uh, they were very happy to get this poster. Um, and the person, of course, who was very happy to get the poster was none other than David Quinn, who does this podcast. And I could just tell that you know, I, I had no idea he didn't have this in his collection already. I knew he was a huge Clone Wars collector, and obviously I would have gone to him first. I just assumed he had it already, but no, he, he didn't have it. He didn't want to pay the outrageous eBay prices for it, so he was very happy um, to get it from me. Um, gave me a hug, and it was just cool to know that uh, I was able to fill a gap in the esteemed David Quinn's Clone Wars collection. So um, those are just a few stories of some of my collectibles. Thanks. This is Joe O'Neill from the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club, uh, and I wanted to share 
my love of the Star Wars Clone Wars action figures. Um, when the series first came out in 2008, I remember seeing there was that Target battle pack with the vehicles and the figures, and I was like, yeah, that looks that looks cool, but uh, the, the figures, I don't know, the, the sculpting isn't quite where I want it to be uh, in terms of, of looking like the TV show, and gosh, those vehicles are great, but I was uh, an original trilogy-focused collector at that time, and then the Dark Skies, is that the name of it? The Dark Skies packaging came out, um, coinciding with season two, and I was hooked. I just felt they started adding more articulation, the sculpting looked better, and so my favorite of the Star Wars Clone Wars action figures actually came out, I think it was the Christmas 2012, where those Walmart exclusive eight packs were released. And, you know, they had tons of different eight packs available, but my favorite, um, it had uh, Kato Parasiti, I think it was Ahsoka's Astromech R4 P17, uh, young Boba Fett, Quinlan Voss, Clone Trooper Heavy in his training armor, Shakti, uh, the Undead Genosian, and Clone Trooper Draw. And that was my absolute... I went digging through through several Walmarts, you know, several of those wire bins that they had, or maybe they were just cardboard bins of just full of these eight packs. And that's the one that I picked out being my absolute favorite. I felt that was the best offering of figures. You know, you had Bounty Hunt. You had everything that boils Star Wars down to the essentials. You had Jedi Knights. Uh, you had Jedis. Human characters, alien characters, droids, Jedi Knights, bounty hunters, bad guys, troop builders. And then you had some of my personal favorites, like I love the Boba Fett episode. So having that young Boba Fett figure was a lot of fun. Um, I love the clone trooper heavy and training armor. First, I I love that season three uh, first episode. Uh, And I felt that that clone trooper heavy figure, that head sculpt really nailed the animation style um, better than previous clone trooper figures. So for me, those eight packs were, were just so well done. And that particular eight pack was, was my personal favorite. Happy 15 years, Clone Wars. My thanks to FJD Robertus, Eric Janicki, Christopher Letty, Joe O'Neill, Sam Sams, David Tree, Dan Uthman, and David Kevin White for taking the time to share their Clone Wars memories and stories with us. Doing this episode gave me the opportunity to celebrate the 15th anniversary in a unique way. And it simply wouldn't have happened if not for the kindness of our friends. These stories are so connective and are so special, and they really highlight how amazing the Star Wars community is. And I want to thank George Lucas, Dave Filoni, and the entire team at Lucasfilm for bringing the Star Wars series to life. These stories you heard are but a fraction of the impact that The Clone Wars has had on fans and collectors, and I fully believe the series will continue to resonate with viewers for years to come. Happy 15th anniversary, Clone Wars. The story now continues with Ahsoka, 
So we'll have a lot to discuss on Star Wars, Prototypes, and Production.